Welcome in, my friends. Car Biz Chronicles Season 5. Man, we are having so much fun with this season. If you haven't heard the episodes leading up to today, do yourself a favor. Go back, check them out. It has been a great, great share of folks. Today is special, though, because it doesn't happen often on my show where I have someone come on for a second time. But it is happening this season with the Chronicles. It's bringing people back full circle. I couldn't be happier with the always smiling, ever honest April Palmer. April, how are you? Hi, I'm so great. And I'm so excited to be back. Like, these are my favorite moments when we get to connect. And it just so happens that they get to be recorded and y'all get to, like, follow along with the fun we get to watch from the inside out and see what's really going on in the mind of april and her car buying experiences of which you have two right that's what i understand you have two you want to share with us so let's start with the first one and and you and i have talked about the order we're going to give this to folks in so we're gonna we're gonna start with the fun and the cheer and the joy of car buying um first tell me what led you to buying or looking at car number one okay So first of all, I am not a car person, which is kind of hilarious because a lot of you all probably know me from working in the automotive industry. But if I want a car, like I'm going to go buy a 1989 Land Rover Defender or a, a, you know, 76 Bronco or something like that. But you have to have a grocery getter too. Um, and but I love how you're not a car person, but you go and name off like super specific, like vehicles of interest. Like, yeah, we'd probably be looking at a seventies Bronco and 89 defender. So the 89 defender is because it's the big, huge ass one with all the rails on it and all the off-roading stuff. I'll right? I'll send you a all picture of mine. Like I, I had one up until recently. And so her name was Herbert. Um, she was a 90, like Spanish kit that that you could fix her with a wrench, right? Like topped out at 55 miles an hour going downhill with a stiff breeze coming from behind. Right. (laughs) Um, yeah, but like a grocery getter type of car is not, I don't really care. I just want something that runs. Um, and that's kind of what started this journey. So I left a 10 year relationship in May of 2021. And took brought one of the cars with me when the kids and I moved uh, back to Virginia. And it was a, it was a, you know, 2015 Ford Explorer. It worked. It was fine. I had no problems with it until it started having problems with me. And I'm pretty sure it had like a full fledged vendetta. Like it was like, you don't love me. (laughs) All you do is change my oil on time. And so it just decided that like, we were going to have some beef. So a couple of things happened. Like the battery um, stopped working. I thought, oh, it just needs to have a replacement battery. And so I changed the battery myself. Like there's actually a video, I think on LinkedIn somewhere of me, like YouTubing how to do this. Right. Um, I love it. I love it. The self self service, never going to, never going to be caught without it. You know, I, I've been in the car business my whole life and I have not come anywhere near a battery. All right. I barely jump batteries. So I am like super impressed by you. And and hopefully you could find that video and maybe uh, maybe link to it in the comments of the show because I would I love to see it and I would love to, uh, to 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 take that in. But all right, so you're okay. YouTube so like, how to change batteries. You're getting into it. I, like I'm I am I'm decided I'm going to show this car some love because like I'm a single mom. I've got two 21 year olds and an almost 17 year old, and like not really in the market to go buy a new car, especially with everything that was happening in 2021 with the chip shortage and, you know, all the stuff. 
So get the battery fixed, everything's chugging along. And then all of a sudden, every time I would leave the house and get on the highway, I would drive for like five miles. And then the whole car would just stop. Like all of the electricity stuff would just stop. And then this it would just like, you change the battery. This was after I changed the battery and I did take it and have professionals look at it. And like, and they were like, yeah, it's fine. Um, so then I'm dry and it would just like stop. So I'd have to like coast to the side, turn it off, pump the brakes twice, turn it halfway on, turn it off, pump the brake one time and turn it on and everything would work again. You know, I I'd like, that's like that's a Nintendo cheat. code for God's sakes. From back I know, the it's like, like the way we had to unlock the cheats, man. That was, that is a phenomenal, left, right? right. <laughs> Half a brake depression, oh a half God. turn of the key, a little knock on the dashboard, and then boom, car begins again, no problem. It would work. So like, thank you, YouTube, again, for saving our lives. And at that point, I was like, okay, I need to start looking for another car. Now, okay. this was one of the first automatic cars that I've had in a long time. And so I was like, I'm going back to a stick shift because I love them going to get a little used car. Like we don't drive a lot. We live in a very pedestrian friendly area. Um, so I start looking and I'm looking on, uh, I live in Richmond, Virginia. So first place you go is CarMax, right? Like that's the thing. And then the okay. second- see, that's very interesting though, because that's a regional thing because that's something that you see everywhere. You have gigantic buildings with millions of cars on them. It is a brand that is embedded in your brain. And you say to yourself, I'm going to CarMax because it's hassle-free or it's this, it's that, it's what I know about my area, right? So right. CarMax, yeah. are you, you're going online first? Of course. Yeah. yeah. I go online. I value my vehicle. Here's the other thing about living in Richmond, Virginia. Half of your friends work for CarMax and the other half work for Cap One, right? Like that's what happens. And so there is a moment for me where I'm like, I'm going to support the jobs of people I know. Like I, I would look at CarMax because I know the people who make that company run. Okay. And so like, and I'm a very shop local kind of person. And although they're a national brand for me, it's a very local feel. Okay. So I go online, value the, the, um, Ford Explorer. I definitely did the thing where I like valued it a little bit higher. And then like the real value, because sure. I just sure. want to see what the, again, I gotta go, I gotta go back to the first comment you made. All right. So this whole idea that you're not a car person is kind of bullshit because you've already talked about how you're going to value your trade up and down. You've already talked about how stick shift's the only way to go. This is not something non-car people say. So I don't know if you're trying to not be a part of our community. No, it's just that I don't. Yourself to just not be having in it long enough to be a part of it. But I would say to you, that's bullshit. You're a car person. Let's just let's just leave it at that. All right. You've already said way too much. That that makes you a car person, April. All right. So yeah, like I very much kind of don't give a shit what type of car that I drive, yeah, right? I, I get that, safe. but you do. You do care because you said you got to have a stick shift. So you you do care. It might not be the labels for you, right? You might right. not have to walk around with a Gucci purse, but you certainly like a stick shift car. You yeah. like specifics about certain very things. So I get it. I love it. I'm gonna I'm gonna quit busting you down on not being very a car well. person. Totally fine. But you totally are. Fine. So welcome, welcome, we car go. car gal. Um, all right. So you value your trade. Do you do it on CarMax's website? Are you doing it through them? How are you, where are you valuing said trade? Okay. So I went to Kelly Blue Book, of course, obviously, okay. right? Like that's what is she that is. brand recognition. When you say, of course, is that what it means to you? Because where else would someone go to value their trade? Yeah. I feel like they're like, uh, I would perceive them to be maybe like the most independent option. 
and okay. give me a baseline. So for yep. me, it was like Kelly Blue Book, get on, get the value and now go to CarMax and see what they'll give me. Um, look at a couple other places and just see what's the range here. Because um, so from a requirement perspective, I do, you're right. Like it's not necessarily the car, but I do have some lifestyle requirements, right? I am five foot two and I pretty much need a phone book to be able to see the hood of my car when I'm driving. I also live in a very like urban kind of area in Richmond, Virginia. So I parallel park five times a day if I'm out driving my car. Um, so I need to be able to do that. And I can't do that if I can't see over the steering wheel. So I need things like like seats that come up and whatever. And so what I wanted to do was figure out how much is my car worth um, with different brands and then start to say, okay, is there a brand that has a model of a car that meets my lifestyle requirements? So when shopping on the trade side of things, first of all, do you have a payoff on the trade? Nope. You know, okay, so you, you didn't know anything against the trade. So that part of it wasn't a factor. A lot of consumers like to think their car is worth what they owe, yeah. uh, which is a really odd discussion to have with people now that they all paid way too much for their cars over the last two years. And now they want to get out of them. And it's like, well, yeah. I owe 50. It's worth 50. It's like, no, nah, it's worth 30. Our bad. Yeah. You know, now we're going to have to figure out how to work with each other um, on that deal, which is weird. But but so you're doing trade valuations. Are you looking at newer used right now on a grocery getter type scenario? At this point, I'm looking at used. Okay. Um, All right. This point, I'm looking at used cars. All right. For a couple of reasons. I have been a single mom for a really, really long time. Um, I went through some relationships that left me in a bad place from a credit perspective. And so I've spent a lot of years building my credit back up and making really good choices with that. But inside, like in my heart, I'm still this like super poor single mom with shitty credit who like probably can't buy a new car. And in fact, I've never bought a new car. I've always had used cars. Um, so in my mind, I was like, that's probably the only path to getting a car. And like, and I think I probably grossly underestimated what my budget for a car was. In which direction? Like Damn. what you could, like you could afford, you, you put yourself and you could afford 200 realities. You could afford 400 or the opposite. Yeah. Well, and it was actually more of like total price. So I was like, I think probably like a $15,000 car is at the top range of my limits. Were you financing or paying cash? How did you arrive at that number? Financing. And literally I just like, this is where, this is where consumer like preconceptions and yeah. are. I literally was like in my mind as a person, despite the fact that I've spent years rebuilding my credit going, probably nobody's going to give me a loan that's more than $15,000. Doesn't okay. matter. It doesn't matter how much money I make, right? It doesn't, like in my mind, that was it. And I just kind of decided it okay. without any type of, of- So did you uh, translate that into a payment or did you just say like, because it's 15 grand, like that, that because of my credit, I'm gonna have a high interest rate, which is gonna put me into a payment. Or did payment, even though you were not, even though you were not paying cash, you were a payment buyer, you were still fixated on a total price of a car. Yep, 100%. And that, and it was my own kind of mental roadblock. And in my mind, I was like, yeah, payment will probably be what? Like 250, 300 bucks, something like I, it kind of like that didn't, because it's consumer thing. math. You're just like, yeah, this divided by that. Let's just do right. this, right? Like it, people think $20,000 is $200. 
I don't know how we like 10% of a number becomes a payment somehow, right. you know, and I don't yeah. get how we've done that. Right. Yeah. For like, sure. It was definitely like an ish thing, but, yeah. but the thing is like, I mean, not for nothing, but I am really good at what I do and I make plenty of money to make a car payment. And sure. so for me, it didn't matter if the car payment was $200 a month or $700 a month. I knew I could make the car payment. It was more the how much money will people give me for a loan because of what you believe to be your credit history, right? Without you having, now, did you go and look? Did you know your score? Did you have this information or is this still a feel thing for you at the moment? I monitor my, so I have, um, I have history with exes who have taken my uh, social security number and misused them and uh, other things. And so I actually monitor my credit very, very closely. Um, I have like, I've got a membership to Experian and they monitor all three of them. Yep. Um, I have like credit karma alerts, my capital. So you're on top of it. I mean, you're not, you're not going into that part of it blindly, but you still yeah. don't, you still don't believe, even though you know your score, you know your history, you know where you are, you right. still don't believe that you're credit worthy of anything in the automotive space, albeit you're, you know right. your score. You just don't right. think it applies to anything. It was like my own version of like, I don't believe in science, right? Like if somebody else had come- This is a flat me, earth discussion that is <laughs> yeah, telling me. That's what what it was okay. my own, yeah. So like if somebody had come to me and said, I have a credit score over 750, I make the same amount of money that you do. I like, I don't have any negative reports on my credit, like all of these things. If somebody comes to me and said that, I would have given them a very different answer than what I gave myself as far as buying power. 100%, I gave myself okay. the advice. Okay, all right, all right. Well, again, given the brief history you've given me, I suppose it's not shocking to think that you wouldn't qualify for something if you'd had people take your credit or take your you know, social or do shit on your behalf or you, as you put it, made poor decisions previous to making better right. ones. You know, people don't realize that credit sticks, right? It stays around. I mean, it's there for a reason. Yes, it's numbers on a screen, but it's still, it all plays into one thing, right? Which is buying power. Whether you have it or you don't, that's what it comes down to. So, all right. You believe you have none. You're looking for very little. You're on 15 grand, which by the way, trying to find a 15 grand car over the last two years, you may have been looking for the lucky charms guy, for God's sakes. I mean, it's not like manifestation, right? So I was like manifesting that this car would happen. But I was telling myself a story that wasn't true, um, regardless. So I start looking at used cars and um, we used to have a Subaru Outback and my oldest daughter loved it. Just like, that's like her, we live in central Virginia. Like that's what you do, right? You eat granola, you don't shave your armpits and you drive a Subaru Outback with a surfboard rack on the top. This is it. Yeah. Um, and so she had been talking about, I really, really would like one. Um, she doesn't drive right now. She doesn't have her driver's license, but she has her driver's permit. She's 21. Hey, look, Um, I mean, look, it's just not important. It's weird, man. Younger kids do not seem nearly as inspired by the idea of driving as I did. The second I turned 15, I had the permit. I begged my parents to put me in private driving school because I had a summer birthday. Like I, I, I went out of my way to be like, dude, the second this took, I mean, I drove my brother's car illegally while he was on vacation. Like I love driving fucking cars. I just don't get it with people who are like, you know, 21, don't, you know, I'd rather go have a drink than buy a car. I'm like, ah, shit. I just don't believe in the freedom part of it. I have told my kids, I'm like, here's the deal. You all have to learn to drive. And I know that this is like hilariously crazy, but I was like, what if there's like a war or an apocalypse or something? And you have to do that, like taken 
scene, right? Where we're like in the car and you have to get in the driver's seat and it's a yeah. we don't know how to drive, but that's the only way to save our lives. You at least have to know, you don't have to do it, but you have to know how to do it. Sure. Um, so yeah. So no, anyway. That's great. All right. So she says Outback, mom, I'm, I'm into Outback. You're into Outback. Let's just, you know, right. let's do it. Let's get one. Yeah. So we start looking because we know like it fits our body stature and all of those things. My youngest daughter, who's almost 17, is six foot two. And so she's <laughs> like, that's the other thing is she's going to start driving. So not only do we have to find a car that works for me, but we have to find a car that works for her, like long legs McGee. Yeah, still still pretty good choice though. The Outback has has a good has a good variable, allows for a good space back and forth, you know. It's still yeah. a reasonable choice. Pretty good. And we've got dogs and like, and I like to go to the lake and I have a surfboard with me all the time or bikes sure. or whatever. So we start seeing Subaru Outback. Well, then we start looking at the used ones and there are some pretty good ones, but the next thing that happened was it goes back to lifestyle for me. And, um, I, I work full-time for the Duckbill group. Uh, we do like cost optimization for AWS. I also teach three classes at university of, at, uh, VCU, Virginia Commonwealth university, the yeah. Vinci center. Um, I take on consulting clients. I like to surf. I like to travel. I've got kids who don't drive. We're a one car family. And I was like, okay, the next lifestyle thing is I want a place that's going to come pick up my car for oil and service and bring it back to me because I don't have time to go sit in a service bay, right? No, that's, that's wild. That is wild. I don't know how many people would put that on their list of have to be's. Yeah. Where it I'm going to buy my car has to have the ability to take care of a white glove VIP service structure, which by the way, what you're talking about is only because of COVID. Okay. Right. I want to make this very clear to people in the space. The fact that you can even think about this or that people have put an offer like this in front of you is because of COVID. There were very, 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 very few, like less than the 1% of dealers who would do that kind of thing previous. I never understood it. I always thought it was a great idea, but I've always been in favor of doing business quickly and having it be efficient previous to COVID, previous to any of it being a buzzword. But still, that is an interesting uh, part to put into your search. My goodness, that's got to narrow it down pretty quickly for you, April, right? Very, very quickly. Well, two things. So like, here's the cheat code here is I worked for how I got into automotive was I worked for a company that was providing concierge pickup and delivery for dealerships. This is how I knew it was a thing. Right. right? And then you watch companies like Paragon Honda and Brian Benstock, right. Who are doing this for car sales as well as for, for service and all these things. And I spent a lot of time talking to dealerships about why they should offer this because of the convenience factor and because of COVID and all those things. So this becomes actually at this point now, my number two buying criteria. So we've decided on a Subaru, everybody's happy. The second is concierge pickup and delivery. Well, all of a sudden that takes us out of used car because not many used car dealers offer service on site. Yeah, in general, forget about being concierge. Let's just start with the ability to even do it and have it, right? Yeah, I mean, I work with some pretty large used car dealers who have it, but don't have it at all their locations. They have it at a few of their locations based on size and parameters, et cetera. So, all right. So that now that brings you into a new car franchise or into a new car? Like you can still buy used cars from new car franchises. So is that what you mean? Or do you mean an actual new car? I decided new car franchise, but we'll still get a used car. 
Okay, and so now we've shifted away from the independent stores, the car maxes of the world, right? I mean, to that right. extent. And yep. now we're into like local dealers within your market. Yep, yep, okay. local dealers. And not just Subaru dealers, right? Because all dealers take trade. Like I know this because of yeah. my automotive industry. So I'm looking at, I'm going to Jeep, right? Jeep brings in a lot of Subarus as trades because that if you don't have a Subaru, you've got a Jeep here. This is what happens. And so how are you searching? Are you going to like individual sites? Are you going to the big places, the auto trader, the cars.com? Like, how are you getting to see all of this in one place? So I'm kind of doing both. Like I'm a really, I would say I'm a ninja level Googler. It's one of my like very special skills. I can Google the shit out of anything. Yeah, so agreed. I, I, I don't know that it's in the dictionary, but I am, I am also a deep, deep Googler, man. I, and I don't need to go past the first page. That's not what I mean. I, I mean that I know exactly what I want to say to Google and it, it gets me. Right. We, we speak a similar language. Now I will say it's not the same thing with my Google home. That fucking thing never listens to me. But if I can type into Google, that Google and me, we type each other, we get each other. But speaking to Google has not worked out yet yeah. for me. I don't even have one of those because they yeah. piss me off. Like they don't, yeah. they don't speak. I'm going to put it next to Alexa here in a couple of seconds. Don't get me wrong. I already have Alexa collecting dust in one of the closets. So this the, these things are going there soon. I just, I like to get a quick look at my day and the weather. And now I'm just like, you know what? You never respond. So up yours. Yeah. All right. So you're going everywhere. So are you looking at when you're Googling, are you Googling Outback near me? Are you Googling? What, what yeah. are you doing? Give me some terms. So, used uh subaru used outback i'm looking on um uh individual like dealer sites, sites you're, going, you're going deep into dealer sites i'm probably like at this point from from the time that i decided i'm going to new car franchise but still looking for a used car to the point where i started looking at a new car i'm probably a solid three to four hours of research in over the course of a couple of days, but like fully, sure. this is a thing I've decided this has to happen. And now I'm going to get it done. Cause this is the way that it works. This way you get, this is the way you work your process. So you're going and you're looking at dealer sites. You're doing all this. Are you giving up your info anywhere, April? Or are you just browsing things from a distance? I am not giving up my info. I I have too many friends in the automotive marketing and website business. And I have, I've watched, right? Like I've watched what happens when you start giving up your info, not sure. that they can't get it right. Like there are, there are, yeah, there are weird, creepy ways people can do that shit. And, and I've advised against any of them using that sort of technology. The idea that someone would call you and say to you, Hey, saw you're on my website would yeah. immediately get you off my list, dude. You, yeah, I, I would be goner. Sorry. Yeah. This is not happening. Like, not it's, cool. I, it feels like like you're gonna be like uh, that scene in Silence of the Lambs, and I'm gonna be at the bottom of a well, right? <laughs> yeah, right. Like you're gonna be putting it down, right? Yeah, I don't need any of that shit, and it just goes to it's unnecessary. We all know Big Brother exists. I'm not here to say it doesn't. I know all the things that I I say yes to on this phone because I just want to get through the prompts and move on. I'm okay with it. All right? right, I know it's happening. Don't make it proactive. Right. Don't make bring. I was on a website, then that'll get me to turn all this shit off. And I'll probably go back to a flip phone. Right. Right. The no? little slider one where you. Yeah, like, ma'am. Yeah. And not the new flip phones. Again, I'm not trying to be hip and shit with these things that fold. Yeah, I'm yeah. talking about flip phones, not fold phones, people. All I'm right. Going back to the Nokia, man, I swear to you, I oh, have a Nokia like in a box somewhere. I wish I had my StarTech still, April. God, I love that Motorola StarTech first flip phone I'd ever had. That thing was dope. It was heavy. It, you knew you were holding it. Yeah. You 
dropped it. It didn't matter. Nothing happened, you know? Nothing happened. Now me, my first phone was a hot pink razor. That thing was badass. Like I, I looked amazing with my. It's, look a, it's, it's, it's a good phone. It had the little the little chrome on the outside, the little accents yeah, there. You know? Yeah, was, I wore cool. my I wore my apple bottom jeans and the boots with the fur. Like yeah, it was great. That's dope. Yeah, All right, so, so you're I'm, four hours into searching. What are you are you finding opportunity? I mean, obviously you've had to move your budget, right? Or are you right. still at this fifteen k yeah. thing? I've moved it up a little bit. And at this point, I think when I went to new car franchises, that's when I started actually looking at what is my potential buying power. So I looked at a couple of different things. I did go back to CarMax and put in my information at that point. And so I put in like who I am. I also put in my income, my whatever. And I had them do like a soft credit check that would have on my right again local cap one friends trying to keep it all in the in the boat there right so no that was carmax and then i did go straight to cap one to do um a check and i got pre-approved and like moment for me sean i went to cap one they gave they were like yeah we'll do it and i was like you know what i'm just gonna go ahead and get pre-approved and get like a pre-approval letter that I can take to. And I'm like, you know, maybe I'll be able to get like 19, 20,000 or something. And it came, it came back with like 72,000. Isn't, isn't pre-approval crazy? It blows your mind what banks actually think of you, you know, in the moment, my wife and I went through the same thing with our house. We were like, yeah, here's our range. And my mortgage guy came back. He's like, here's your pre-approval. And I was like, dude, get, that number off the pre-approval like I don't even want people knowing what I'm buying I, no I don't want to do any of that shit he was like well you can always always up your budget and look at more it's like no no I I don't this is how we all get in shit dude right. you guys right. you guys believe us to do something and we're like well then we deserve it and we should have it that's how I ended up with two houses and a million dollars in debt back in 08 like I don't I don't need this road I don't right. need it. Right. Yeah. So all right like, so you're blown away you've got you've got buying power through the ears you're now you're ready to go right So I'm like, okay, probably still going to go used, but maybe I will up it a little bit. So then I, this is when I start looking at payments. Okay. What are monthly payments? Then I go onto my insurance and I start to figure out like when I go from a car that's 2015 to a brand new car, what does that do to my insurance? Like all the stuff, right? So for a hot mess, I'm pretty thorough when it comes to these things, which is great. So I, um, decide I'm going to, I'm going to move up. Like maybe we'll get some heated seats and shit with our used car. And it's going to be like backup camera, you know, or, or newer so that it can still get service with recalls and whatever. Yeah. So I start looking and, and I keep coming back to Subaru. The kids keep coming back to Subaru. So the next thing that I do, I've got my pre-approval letter. I kind of know what I want my payment to be. I know how it's going to impact my insurance, all the stuff. So I start calling the, the Subaru dealerships closest to me literally Check availability of cars you found on their website is that what that's about yeah yeah so and, i was and you're like, calling you picked up the phone no no submissions no. of forms none of this chatting with people april picks the phone up showing how far into the funnel she actually is by the way people if i've said it once i've said it a million times on this fucking show if people call you there's no one more legitimate and ready to do business than someone who picks a phone up because yeah. no one ever picks a phone up i so, hate to call people like it's the worst, but I pick up the phone and here's why. So this goes back to my number two buying criteria, concierge pickup and delivery for service. Yep. 
is nobody has it on their website. So I start with the Subaru dealership closest to me because they do have some inventory that's interesting. And a guy picks up the phone. Nice. Right. And I was like, Hey, here's the deal. I'm interested in buying a car. I'm planning on buying it within the week. I have pre-approval my number one buying criteria at this point, and you have inventory that I want, right? So I've told him, I've given him every buying signal, done. Everything, it's all out here for him to have. If he's listening, it's all out here for him to have. Yeah, like this is a a car salesperson's O moment, right? Like I pick up the phone, I'm like, you've got everything that I want. It can Um, be, just to be clear though, sometimes that's what people say. And sometimes that's a nightmare customer waiting to happen. That's true, that is true. Because some people oversell their position and then we do our job and then they leave you hanging. And so anytime someone says they walk through the door, they call you say, I'm ready to buy. You're like, oh, the fuck you are. Right. Right. But that's, I'm jaded. I've been doing this, you know, since 98. So I I get that way. But all right. So you've given him the details. You're ready to buy. Your only question is, tell me about your concierge service. Yeah. So I said, here's the deal. I have pre-approval. You have inventory that I want. I'm going to buy within a week. I have a trade, like all the stuff. Um, and my number one buying criteria at this point, and I told him this verbatim, my number one buying criteria at this point is concierge pickup and delivery for service. And he said, oh no, we don't have that. But, and I was like, oh no, I'm, then I'm not going to buy from you. Like I just told him. And he was like, well, what do you mean? But we have the cars that you want. And I was like, no, because my number one buying criteria is concierge pickup and delivery. That's so good. I feel that matter to you. And they were not able to, and you heard the butt and the butt is enough for you to roll. So yeah. you, you end this conversation. I ended it. And part of it was that like I'm in sales. I've been in sales for a really long time. Like I started selling mistletoe door to door when I was in fourth grade, right? Like I've been in sales. I know it. I'm steeped in it. The fact that he said, we don't do that, but instead of saying, why is that important to you? was for me, I didn't feel heard, right? And so I was like, yeah, forget this. So I systematically start going through dealerships in my area. And every single one of them that has inventory that I would want does not offer concierge pickup and delivery. And I finally call one that's about 25 miles away and um, Colonial Subaru. And I get somebody on the phone and they said, yeah, sure, we'd do that for you. And I was like, oh, that's cool. Um, and she said, we have right now we have two Outbacks and one Crosstrek on the lot if you'd like to come see them. And I said, yeah, I'm pretty sure that we're going to get the Outback, but I'm going to just bring the kids by to look. We're going to sit in it. Then we're going to go home and make a decision. And if we decide that we like one of the Outbacks, we'll come back and buy it. Like I'll leave the kids at home and I'll go. Again, my kids are older, but like who wants to sit in a car dealership? So we go out. Nobody. And so when people show up to car dealerships, they're probably serious is all that I would say. People just don't go out of their way to hang out at car dealerships. So. Yeah, exactly. So, but I had told her, I said, I'm, I'm coming out. We're going to look at it. I am not buying tonight, but if one of the cars meets my criteria, I will come back tomorrow when it's not six o'clock at night right. in February, cold stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Words that I'm not going to say here. Um, And all of these things. And she says, yeah, come on out. So we go out, we sit in the outback and my oldest daughter looks at me and says, oh, I don't, 
I don't like the new Outback. It's too complicated because when you, when you sit there's in a it, lot, there's a lot, there's screens, there's shit everywhere. It's not like I tell people all the time. I own an 07 Forester and I love getting inside of it because it's so simple. There right. is a green light with a time on it. That's it. That's, it. That's, That's it. I had a 2005 manual transmission Subaru Outback, right? Same thing. It had we were lucky it had heated seats. It was, and like yeah. the air conditioner worked half the time in the summer is fine. Um, and so it's got like basically an iPad in the dashboard yeah. and she, immediately, she was like, oh no, I don't, I don't think I want to drive this. It's too complicated. And Johanna, who was the person who was helping us said, well, do you want to look at the cross track? So we look at the cross track and it's simple, like it's the highest package or whatever they're called of the cross track. So it has like the bells and whistles. Right. Yeah. Um, and so we look at it and she was like, yeah, actually I kind of like this better. Like it's smaller. It feels more manageable for me. The yeah, Outback feels cavernous. It feels like, it feels like a bus. My business partner has a 22 or 21. We got them from our, one of our clients in Colorado. And it just, it, it just, I get in and I'm like, fuck, dude, this thing is so big, you know, like I, it's crazy. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So you kind of need like somebody like air traffic control behind you whenever you're, you know, parallel parking, whatever. Well, that's why you got that monitor because it's got cameras all over the place <laughs> and showing you everything because it's, you have to, the thing is, right. it's a lot of vehicle. It just is, which is good for some, you know, not for others, right. but right. all right. So you guys are digging the cross track family wise. Digging the cross track. Our only concern with the cross track is will Elizabeth, my youngest daughter, who's very tall fit in it. And will the dogs be able to ride comfortably in the hatchback? Because I don't want them on the seats. Sure. And we take them everywhere with us. We have a little blind dog. And then our older dog is, is our blind dog's seeing eye dog. And they literally come everywhere with us. Totally. Totally. I'm the yeah. same way. Love it. Take my dogs everywhere. Yeah. Yes. So yeah. we're looking in the back. And then we get in the front. And, and Elizabeth sits down and moves her seat back. And she's like, oh, my God, look at all the room that I have. Like, so much leg room in the front seat of this cross track. And then I look back and Athena, my oldest daughter is sitting behind her. So Elizabeth has her chair all the way back. Athena sitting behind her and, and Athena who's my size still has like this much room. And we all look at each other and we're like, we think this is it. Like, yeah. this is probably it. So I told Johanna, I was like, you know what? We're going to take it. Um, but it's, it's the end of the day. We're all exhausted. The kids are ready to, to go home. We've got to eat. And I just don't want to be here for a couple of hours. And so I'll come back tomorrow. And Johanna says, um, if I can promise you that you are out of here in 45 minutes, do you want to get it tonight? Or if you want to come back tomorrow, that's fine. Like it was not a pressure thing. It was more of a, do you want to have to drive 35 miles to get here tomorrow? Yeah. And then whatever. And I was like, if you can promise me 45 minutes, we'll do it. And she said, okay. And man, we were in and out in, in 45 minutes. Like we had, everything was done. They were, she just had the process nailed. Their F and I manager was like chef's kiss. Amazing. Because even if you're involved in the automotive industry, F and I is confusing. It's so like, how do you make these decisions and, and it impacts your payments and what are you going to actually use and what are you not going to use? And all of these things. And I will tell you that I also probably asked her 16 times in that 45 minutes, like, are you sure that you will do concierge pickup and delivery for the life of like me owning this vehicle? Like, I need to know this even after my prepaid service expires. And she's like, yes, yes, yes. 
So, um, in fact, hilarious that we're doing this today. They literally came and picked up my car at 10 o'clock this morning, dropped off a loaner and just sent me a text message while we're talking that the car is done and they're, and it's on the way back. And this is why that's important to me, right? Yeah. Because yeah, otherwise yeah. I'd be sitting in the dealership talking to you about this and like, Right. And you have a whole day, you got to drive 35 minutes. And I mean, you're not necessarily even like you're, you're, you would probably be considered their secondary primary target area. As far as radius goes yeah. like in, inside that 30 miles, right. Most dealerships worry about 10, then they worry about 20 and then we go out to 30. Um, but, but to offer it is, is, is next level. And to be able to have a salesperson say to you 45 minutes, I'm going to do it. That's a salesperson who has such control what's about to happen next because normally salespeople would never promise that because they couldn't dictate that far enough right they could do their job but f and i would drag you managers would drag you pricing would drag you right. was there a negotiation was this a new car what was it an okay. actual new car used this is where it gets like so good sean is first of all brand new car it has brand new car. six miles on it I, I bought mine with seven i got I just turned over 177 so i'm i get it i love it so you bought a new car. What was the price? Just, it was the price was the price or or what? It was, it was um like book price. They didn't even charge. I mean, this is February 20, what year is this? 2022. We're in the middle of the chip crisis, right? Yeah, we're in the middle of over MSRP hell. All right. No. People doing some of the shadiest shit our industry's ever seen. They, it was, it was MSRP. I always call it book, but it's, it was, they literally didn't jack up the price. Okay. Didn't jack up the price for concierge pickup and delivery. They had it on the thing. It had six miles on it. I think it was like 36,000 or so. I can't remember. They but whatever gave, it was, it was the MSRP. That's what you were charged. And you were and totally cool care. with it. The price was there. The service was included or whatever, like that, that you could do that. So you just said, cool, that price fits my budget, fits my payment, fits my life. Let's Not just do only this. that, they gave me $2,000 more for my trade than I expected to get. That's a $30 a month like, savings and payment right there. Right. So I was like that. So I started talking to her about this. Like, are you like, this feels like a different type of dealership experience than I'm used to. And again, I spent about 18 months talking to dealers. That was my job. Right. Yeah. And so kind of understanding how this process works. And she said, well, we're different than almost any other dealership that you'll find. And here's why we're a female owned dealership. Yes, they are. Number one. Number two, we don't work on commissions. We get paid not just a living wage, but a nice wage. And mm -hmm. if we meet or exceed our goals, then we get bonuses and everyone in the dealership gets bonus down to the cleaning staff yeah. mm -hmm. and the service staff. And the reason that they do that is because every person who works in that dealership is integral to creating an amazing customer experience. If the floors are dirty, if the bathrooms are grimy, if the snacks suck, if your service people don't do what they're supposed to do, it's a shitty experience. And so they have developed this, and I don't know if they developed it, but they follow this method where everyone wins every time they win a new customer. And awesome. that for me was the moment, that really was the moment where I was like, there's no way I'm not buying from this company. 100%, this is what I'm doing. And, um, and in fact, the first time they ever came for service, Johanna, my salesperson is the person who came and picked up the car. Like she came, she left the lot and she came and just had a conversation with me. How do you like it? 
what's going on? What do you love? What do you not love? Do you yeah. help with the controls? Like any of that stuff. It wow. was amazing. Wow. And uh, so I sing their praises all the time. I'm like, it doesn't go, go to this dealership because they're, they are dedicated to creating raving fans with every single one of their customers. I love them. Like shout out uh, hats off. That is, that is so freaking awesome to hear. I've heard nothing but rave about Colonial Subaru. Um, as someone who's been in the business a long time, you've definitely heard the name. Now I hear why. Now I really can dig into that whole part of it. Uh, we'll be sure to uh, tag them on this episode. They obviously deserve the credit. They deserve to know that they are part of the 1% of car dealers doing things right on that. April, is there anything else you want to share with us on this topic before we get ready to go the opposite direction on car buying experiences. Do you want to hear about my license plate? Have you seen this? Can I say I mean, about it? No, I, of course I want to hear about the license plate. What, what did you get a vanity plate? Did you, what did of you do? Course. What happened? But wait, can I say a bad word? April, I've been swearing this whole time. Come on. Oh, have you? It's just yeah, it's, like, it's, I don't even know. I don't even notice because I just put it as a part of my vernacular. So yeah, we're, this is- this too, is but I just try to be really saying, good about it because I forget. Whatever the fuck you want. Okay, perfect. So yeah. many people who know me know I run a live show called Club Fuck It Bucket. We talk about like those moments in your life where everything tells you like, this is not a good idea. We should not do this. Um, and then you're just like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to do it and see what happens. And so that's yep. like your fuck it bucket moment. Um, so in Virginia, vanity plates are very inexpensive. A, a vast majority of people have them. Yep. Um, and so I decided that I was going to get one. And so I did F C T B K T fuck it bucket. Yeah. There's no way a government allowed you to put that on your car. So when I went into the DMV, the guy was like, Ooh, this violates our profanity policy. And I looked at him and I go fact bucket does. And he goes fact bucket. And I was like, yeah, I'm a professor. And my head is just like a bucket full of facts. No way. <laughs> Did it work? Do you have the plate? Is that what you're telling me? Yes. Yes. You. All right. So and, you. And we call it the fuck it bucket. And it's my, that's, it's my. Wow. Yep. Wow. So. Commonwealth. You missed it there. You missed it there. Commonwealth. Don't tag them. Please don't tag them. I'm not going to tag the Commonwealth because I'm going to be honest with you. The scariest police state I've ever driven through in my life. And I've driven through almost all the states in America is the state of Virginia. No one scares me more with their signs. No one scares me more with what they have on their highways. It is a police state that scares the shit out of me. So yes. the fact that you got away with it just makes me happy. So no, we will not, we will not be posting about them. The fuck it bucket drives around. I'm, I love it. I love I'll it. Tag, I'm a I'll fan. tag the, uh, I'll tag a picture into the comments of this. Yeah, oh, that is, that is great. All right. Look, we, we ran, we ran up against it on the first side of this. So I want everybody to take a breath, pause. We're going to come back next week and we're going to cover the complete opposite is what it sounds like. I'm not positive yet, but it's, it's setting up to be the complete opposite experience of buying a car. April's going to be here to go over it. Thank you guys so much for joining this week. And we look forward to you joining us next week for part two of the April Palmer experience. Thank you. Thank you.